Lord God, Father, heaven bless you once again for another day. We thank you, Father, for this day. And we pray as always, Father, that in this day, you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we'd be led by your Spirit in all that we do. But this is what is truly pleasing unto you. You have created us both body and soul. And it is your eternal plan to make us like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So I pray today that we will live like him as we wait for his return. In Jesus' name, amen. I was thinking this morning about a lot of things as usual. And one of the things that has been on my mind is how should we live here in this earth as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ? I've been looking at, first of all, myself, examining myself, and also I've been examining our family, I've been examining the various institutions that call themselves the Church of Jesus Christ. And I have to admit, there's some things that I have seen that are very disturbing to me. I prefer not to talk about them right now, mostly because I'd rather deal with myself. I'd rather deal with us first, because I believe that this is what God would have us to do. As we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, I'm convinced that in order for us to truly glorify God, we must change the way we think. We must change the way we feel about God. And that begins with, first of all, a fear of God. Now, a lot of people would say the word fear can mean a lot of things. I've heard it said that it means to revere God. It means to have a deep respect for God, a respect that causes us to worship God, to honor God, and so forth. And I would say that's true, but only to a certain extent. Because I see in Scripture that there's a fear also that should cause us to understand 
that God, as our creator, has created us to be a certain way. And if we're not acting according to that mode, according to that model from which he has created us, which is Jesus Christ, I'm convinced of. Jesus Christ is that model. Then God has a real problem with us. And he's not going to let us get by, just get by and live a life that is contrary to this model, which is Jesus Christ. And so we need to be careful. We need to live our lives in a way that shows that we do not belong to ourselves. We need to live our lives in a way that shows that there is a God and that he cares about how we live. He cares about how we relate to him and how we relate to each other. I'm convinced that God has created us, like I said before, to be like Jesus. And one of the things that we need to understand is that Jesus is the Son of God. And being that he is the Son of God, he belongs to God in the same way that we belong to God. Meaning that we must obey God. That's what sons do. Especially godly sons, which Jesus is. Now, unlike Jesus, though, don't get me wrong. Jesus is the only begotten son. We are not begotten, meaning that Unlike Jesus, Jesus, a lot of people don't realize this, a lot of Christians don't realize this, but Jesus is the son from eternity, and he has always been the son. There was never a time when Jesus was not the son. The Bible doesn't explain how that works, so I can't explain it to you how it works. All I know is that that's what it basically teaches is that he has been the son from eternity. We, unlike Jesus, are not divine. We're not gods. Although the Bible do claim that we are little G's, low gods, we are not big G, big God. And so, in many ways, we are like Jesus, but then in many ways we're not like Jesus. And one of the ways that we're not like Jesus is that we are not God with a capital G. So don't get it twisted. Don't start walking around here. Um, well, I'm like Jesus, and so I'm a God like Jesus. No, I'm not saying that. But what I am saying is, is that you are a child of God. God has chosen you. To be his child. 
Now, a lot of people don't understand that either. The Bible doesn't explain how that works exactly either. But I can try to explain it to you by using analogs. And you got to always remember analogs, analogies, are not the real thing. You know, they're just ways of describing things that are similar to or like. And so we are like Jesus in this way. And that is, is that um, we are children of God. Amen? Are you guys following what I'm saying now? We are like Jesus in that we are children of God, meaning that God has chosen us and has made us his children, sons and daughters of God. And because he has chosen us and has made us sons and daughters, daughters of God, like Jesus as the son of God, who claimed when he came, when he first came in his first advent, when he came to this planet, this place we call earth, he lived a life that was obedient. He lived a life that showed that he belonged to God. And all his relationships, beginning with his parents, which God had given him, in the same way God gives us parents, God had gave Jesus parents. He obeyed them, his earthly parents, Mary and Joseph. And we got to remember that um, we too must obey our parents, the parents that God gives us. Now, for many of us, I know that our parents have died, but we still must honor them and we still must obey them in many ways, even though they are have passed on into the next life. Or not to say the next life, but they have passed on into glory. I gotta, gotta remember that. That, that's glory. The glory of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. They are with them. They are with Him, Jesus Christ, right now. So, but yet, we still must obey them because we believe that they, and I hope that you believe, and I hope that they were Christians. And as Christians, they are, like I said, they are with Jesus because they too are the children of God. And so, but I, I, I say that to remind you that you must obey your parents, your earthly parents, even if they have, even if they have died, you still must obey them as if they were alive here in this earth. And I'm convinced that um, we need to be reminded of that. I have parents, and God willing, I'll be seeing my parents here real soon. 
And even though we are apart, many, many miles apart, I still obey them. I still honor them. Meaning that I don't live my life as if, oh, well, I'm no longer accountable to my parents because I'm an adult. Well, why do I do that? I do that because God has commanded me to do that. He has ordered me to do that. And he has made it clear that I am to do that throughout the scriptures. And he has revealed also that for those who do that, they are truly children of God. So as soon as I stop obeying my parents, honoring my parents and living my life in any kind of way I want to as a prodigal, like many of us do, we waste our lives, we spend our lives, we, 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 we walk away, we run away from home in hopes of living our lives like we want to live our lives. But oftentimes we live them in foolish ways and we end up getting into all sorts of trouble. And so, for you who have not left home yet, I'm just sharing this with you to warn you that you don't want to do that. You don't want to walk away from your parents and then start living your life any kind of way you want to. Because you will get into a lot of trouble. First of all, with God, you got to remember, God is everywhere. And he sees you. He knows exactly what you're doing. And I hope that like he did with me, with you, I hope that he will do with you, is that he will soon let you know that what you're doing is wrong. And that is disobeying your parents. And what I, there are many ways that you can disobey your parents, which is clearly laid out in Scripture. Such as stealing. And a lot of, lot of, lot of kids, that's what end up, they end up doing. They think that they get away, from, once they get away from their parents, they end up stealing. They end up taking from others things that don't belong to them. Now, I don't want to go into detail about that, but later on I will explain what that means. Because, you know, a lot of times, you know, we think that stealing means that it, it's, it's just to take something, say, for example, a toy, a phone, or something that's tangible from another person. I found it interesting. Uh, this is a side note I was reading. And even the Pope, I guess he had stole something from a man's, another, another Pope's casket. It was a rosary. He, he stole it. He confessed it to the world, which is. I thought to myself, wow, that, you know, that's true humility. And anyways, um, but he stole. And, you know, that for him, it, it, it signified his, the nature of his heart. And we, too, we need to realize that when we steal, when we take something that doesn't belong to us, it, it signifies the nature of our hearts. And that's why it's so important to remind ourselves that, again, we belong to God and we need to act in a certain way and we need to do things in order to keep us from continually falling in the temptations that are out there 
you will be tempted just like he was tempted. The Pope was tempted. This man that he happened to be attending his funeral and his body was happened to be in the casket or whatever. He really admired this man. He admitted that. He admired this man so greatly and he heard things about this man that was so honorable to him that he couldn't resist. So he actually, in order to take this rosary, he had to force it from this dead, man, this dead man's hands. But that is the nature. That is our nature. Our, our hearts are so deep with and filled with um, evil, to be honest. Sinfulness that we don't even know the depths of it. Only God knows the depths of it. And that's why we need a Savior. And God has given us that Savior, and His name is Jesus Christ. Amen? And so, we need to live our lives trusting that God knows what's best for us. God knows us. Can I get a witness? God knows us better than we know ourselves. And I'm urging you to trust in him. I'm urging you to pray to God. To give you the wisdom. The ability. To live your life. Filled with the Holy Spirit, led by the Holy Spirit, just like our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ did when he first came. And to obey God, to seek to obey God with all your entire being, both body and soul. God created us body and soul, and he wants us to glorify him with both body and and so, as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. For now, he has given us renewed spirits, a renewed heart. Use that heart to glorify him. Use that heart to commune with him, to communicate with him, to talk with him every day. To share with him your love. For him. Or to express. Not to share. But to express your love. To him. And to express your love to each other. Again. We need to begin with ourselves. Before we start looking outside. And start judging others. We need to begin to. Love each other. As we wait. For the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Starting with our parents. Obeying our parents. We need to love each other as brothers and sisters. Belonging to God. That is to protect one another. To cherish one another. That word love is used in so many different ways today. That it no longer in my opinion reflect truly what God expects from us. We need to cherish one another. We need to, when I say cherish one another, I mean to protect one another. 
protect one another's feelings, protect one another's personal belongings and so forth. Do not take from each other. Do not steal from each other. Do not be jealous of one another. Do not be, do not be quick to ang be angry with one another, but be forgiving of one another, just as Jesus is forgiving of us. And to realize that we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And that we should all be merciful to one another. As children of God, God has placed us in a position to be forgiving, merciful. Just as he is merciful with us and forgiving with us. God has placed us in a position to bless one another. Just like when Jesus first came, you know, with all the power and all the glory that he had, he could have been the greatest, and he is the greatest man of, of all times, but he could have did things that were simply to, um, how can I say it, um, glorify himself, to honor himself. Hey, I'm the son of God. Do what I tell you. Or I will destroy you right now. He could have did that right there in that moment. But he didn't. He went about lovingly teaching, lovingly sharing his gifts with others, which God had given him by healing people. Instead of using it to heal and when he healed people, he did it in order to point to God, to God the Father. He didn't use it to point to himself, but to point to God the Father. He forgave people. He used his gifts to forgive people. Especially people who really needed to be forgiven. And wanted, wanted to be made right with God the Father. And that's what Jesus was all about. He was living a life in order to make a life better, our lives, the children of God, better with God the Father. To bring us into a relationship with God the Father that we too can call him our Father who art in heaven. He did these things for that purpose. To encourage us, to inspire us, to edify us, to make us strong in the faith. And remember, faith always, faith has an object. And that faith is in God. Amen? So this is what I'm talking about. As children of God, you are like Jesus in this way too. And that is, you are a prophet. So as a prophet, you should be teaching about what God says. You should be telling others about what God says and who God is and what God wants. As a priest, you should be forgiving of one another. You should be slow to anger, quick to listen to others, that is, to each other. As kings and queens, you should be merciful to one another, just as Jesus is merciful to us. Don't don't lash out at one another and hurt one another because you are feeling hurt. 
or because someone has hurt you. One, one, you know, another person has hurt you. Your brother or your sister has hurt you. Don't, don't hurt them because they have hurt you. Love them. Try to understand why they hurt you. Chances are they maybe had a bad, it could have been that they had a bad day. Or it could have been also that um, they're hurting because of something else. Oftentimes I discover that even as a husband, you know, a lot of times um, I find out later on that what I thought was, you know, you know, my wife was upset with me because of me. I find out later on it was she's just upset because of something else that happened later on earlier that day or whatever. Or she misunderstood me. So we got to take time out to learn one another, to understand one another. Spend time with one another. Let's pray. Well, God, Father in heaven, yes, we thank you for another day. And we pray as always, Father, not our will be done in this earth as we wait for the return of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, but your will be done in this earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name I ask and pray. Amen.